This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Travel Is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Hi, I'm Stephen Aikenhead, advisor and part of the founding team of Hosts. And what I love about travel is that it doesn't matter if it's business or leisure, you always get a chance to basically connect with yourself or work. You get to focus on whatever's important that you need to do at the moment. So either it is paying attention to the outside or inside. Hi, I'm Jeff Tomaschow, CEO of Host Transportation. And what I love about travel is the front seat of the bus or the window seat in the airplane. Pedicabs. You know those half bike, half taxi things you see riding around New York City and in other cities around the world? If you're like most people in New York City, pedicabs don't bring to mind a lot of confidence or cost effectiveness. But believe it or not, pedicabs are at the foundation of solving a long-standing problem, that first mile or last mile to your destination. Too short for a taxi cab, but too long to walk when you're in a hurry. The startup called Host, a zero-emission, hop-on, short-trip transportation alternative, may have just found a way to solve this problem, bringing a new kind of mobility to cities, a way for brands to reach individual neighborhoods, and give new life to the reputations of pedicabs. From New York City, this is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry with Pavan Ball and John Matson, And now... Here are your hosts. Stephen, Jeff, it's so great to have you here. So tell me, how is Host impacting the travel industry right now? What Host is doing is really focusing on short distance, last mile transportation, where oftentimes there are those trips where it's too far to walk and too close to hop in a cab uh, and sit in traffic. And so what we've tried to do is introduce a new way to move. Uh, and that way is focused on introducing pedicabs as a last mile transportation solution. Now, who who is the target demo to use a host? The target demo would be someone that you know lives in an urban setting, like a you know one of one of the main areas in New York City where you have a lot of a big dense demographic that is constantly moving around, has access to different points of transportation, but sometimes are not you know convenient in distance. So right. you're serving a solution to connect and part of a bigger grid. For those that understand New York, what is the perfect sweet spot in New York City? The East Village is a, mm-hmm. is a great transportation uh, as well as a great launch point for us um, based on the fact that there are very few subway points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have Astor Place on the, the east side and you have um, 14th and 1st, which is the L train on the north side. And then you have the F. Um, but it's a essentially south, yeah. it's a it's a three quarter of a square mile area where there is no transportation and no subway point. Um, so that's that's really where we found our sweet spot is in the East Village. Uh, and what we learned about the East Village is that it has the most taxi trips under one mile in New York City on the weekend, which sense. is where we're focused at the moment. Where did um, you find that out? Was that from the taxi companies directly, or would you pull that data from somewhere or particular? We, we call taxi companies one by one and ask them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> How'd this trip go for you? Yeah, excuse me. Uh, so you were in the East Village last weekend, weren't you? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, a lot of the data 
is pretty much public. And it's just really how, you know, it's an extensive work that we've done to really understand the psychology behind how people are moving in the city. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, you made a good reference, like for those that understand New York, if you understand New York, you realize that sometimes taxis are a alternative um, that versus walking that you have. But sometimes, you know, you just you use them not thinking really about the distance. So that really that data mm -hmm. is the once you start understanding how people really are moving, it's from point to point. It's really uh, impactful. Now, there were there already were pedicabs in New York. So were there already a density of pedicabs in the East Village? Or are you like what's the how are you penetrating this market considering there's already pedicab companies? Sure. So what we found is pedicabs in New York are hyper focused on tourism. Um, they are focused on Central Park and Times Square. What they're not focused on is serving New Yorkers, mm -hmm. uh, where they work, where they live, where they play. Uh, so really what we wanted to do is introduce a solution for New Yorkers. And so we took it downtown um, to the East Village. And really what we wanted to do is introduce or reintroduce pedicabs uh, to people who have never tried them before, uh, who see them in Central Park and see that they charge a very An enormous amount of money. It could be $3 a minute, but yeah. it could be $9 per minute. It could be $5 a minute. So wow. really, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, I've never taken one because of that exact um, reason. Now, how are you getting over that resistance or that hesitation? So knowing like I'm, I'm a New Yorker and my reference point to pedicabs has always been that. So how are you reaching someone like myself? So that was one of the, that was one of the challenges we found out by actually being out there, um, getting some raw data. You know, not this is not the public data. But this is like yeah. the actual data that you're on the street. And what we realized is that, especially during during work days, is that you know New Yorkers were busy. You know, mm -hmm. you're always thinking of where you're heading next, not necessarily looking up. And uh, everyone's asking for something in the street already. So if you see something like a pedicab. You associate it as like, okay, you need something from me. So you have like this defense mechanism that mm -hmm. already comes on. So we're like, okay, well, we understand that there needs to be a branded trust that goes within the community. Uh, so creating a brand, a fleet that all identify, provide the same mission, the same values, um, and introduce it in leisure hours. So essentially when people are not ready about their next meeting, uh, you know, you, you, you come through this sweet spot. Yeah. essentially to break that paradigm of like oh wow you know how much are you, like what is this and versus yeah. like okay huh, this is convenient i'll take it yeah that's interesting because you know i was um at south by uh, you know austin has a bunch of pedicabs and uh, what so just being introduced to pedicabs as more of a utility there like a, like a real transportation transportation solution um did switch my frame on what pedicabs can be or should be it's a nice experience right like it breaks up the day i, I feel like it, it's not as uh, regular and monotonous maybe at times and you know it's, it's a it delivers an experience to you know from one place to the other so i have now seen hosts around um they are heavily branded with different companies. And I can only imagine that that is part of the strategy they're using to either subsidize the ride, the fare, or um, or it's just an, an add-on. What What is the deal with you guys in different partnerships that you're doing? Sure. So 
that's basically where we started was we wanted to offer a service and we wanted people to try it. We wanted people to have the experience that you had of breaking up the day or um, introducing something new and fun and exciting and surprising mm-hmm. into their nights. Uh, so we launched in the East Village uh, weekend. People are going out, they're heading to a restaurant, they're heading to the bar, they're heading from the subway. Um, and that's really where we wanted to, to launch. And so we op- offered a complimentary service uh, to people. And, you know, that offered that kind of introduces a whole new problem for New Yorkers because inherently we don't trust things that are free. Um, yeah. So, so <laughs> we, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but again, we were really focused on getting people on. Uh, and we didn't want any cost barriers to that. So um, what was the most surprising was, you know, kind of getting people over that hurdle and to watch the joy of people begin to move in a different way. So it's, you know, there's a hesitation. They're surprisingly there's... nimble, these little fuckers, right? Like they're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they really zip and zag a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, they're, they're, they're a small way of transport, you know, a very human sized way of transportation. So it's a it's a bigger bike. It's mm-hmm. a bike that can hold people in the back. Um, so they're very nimble. And basically, our assumption in a certain way with coming out to the East Village and providing free rides versus like, you know, trying to go in a different route was, well, let's get the user experience first. Mm-hmm. All right. If if especially like today and with all these mobile applications and all these different, you know, technology platforms, we see that people tend to, whenever they use something and provide a service, it's almost an immediate adoption. We knew that with this, what is going to be a little bit harder, but that first experience, if you yeah. had fun, if you enjoyed it, if it was convenient, and then you spoke about it, right? that's the first step to changing and breaking that paradigm. How, how do you... Um... How do you account for the culture of the company? So whether that's the hiring side of things, um, music being played or not being played, um, the types of companies that you're aligning with and to wrap the outside, the branding. How do you think of all of that? So, yeah, we had music playing. So, you know, people hop on and the first question is, where are you headed? The second question is, hey, do you want to throw on your playlist? Uh, so oh, it's very cool. customized. So it's Bluetooth. And, it is Bluetooth. And people can kind of <laughs> customize their own experience. And, and okay. that's really something that, gets people excited so that's number one um and then in terms how loud of, does it go the music we have it bumps a, it bumps you really <laughs> you feel it that's you definitely awesome. feel it. Okay. people turn around people interesting turn around. you definitely you definitely get some some next turning okay so that's music so music. I, I love that <laughs> yep um phone charger as well okay um so if you need to plug in you can plug huh. in your phone uh so kind of tapping into that millennial mindset is really where um you know on demand but customized yeah. and personal uh, and so what we found being out there on the streets is just that human connection that can be lost in transportation when you're waiting on the subway platform or you get to the city bike station and there's no city bikes or you are in a taxi and it's you know not necessarily the most warming experience or human connection experience. Um, this is something completely new where um, people are not only connecting on a human level, but they're also connecting with the environment in a completely new and exciting way. Um, we had people telling us, you know, I feel like a tourist in my own city. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's almost giving them that permission to move differently. Yeah. Also, How did you have the idea for this in the first place? You know, like uh, what, what was the spark that said we should you know, activate pedicabs? Sure. So why pedicabs? That's the, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Was it more? Well, you're both not great yet, so I mean, it hasn't been that stressful, which is nice. No, 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 not as stressful. But you know, there's a coffee has become an addiction. That's for sure. I see that actually. You both have your own preferences. Also, did you walk here together or separately? Separately. So okay, got it. Because I thought that one was just like I got to go to think. And the other ones are like Jeff's, like I, you know, variety is my joint. Yeah, well, that's usually how it goes with a lot of different things. Like, yeah. right, whatever, yeah. you know, I'll just meet you there, man. Because that's super intense. If that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so it really all came through the idea of there's got to be a better way to move. Yeah. So that all started by pure curiosity. Uh, there was a Jeff had an introduction uh, into the ecosystem. And started questioning really the pedicab community. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the pedicab Mm -hmm. community. And we started really questioning, you know, the whole transportation, the whole media side of it. And essentially started conducting a thorough study on, okay, what is transportation in New York City? Because we live by it every day. And that's when things started getting really interesting. The rabbit hole got, you know, deeper and deeper as you really saw, okay, there's a, it makes sense how people move Mm -hmm. in a sense of like, you start understanding that it's a microorganism. But... Is it efficient? Is it effective? Mm-hmm. And then that's when data started saying um, that it wasn't necessarily something. Um, and I'll let Jeff add to this a little bit more yeah. on the data side. But but th- there was a need for something convenient for all of us that live and work around the same right. uh, mile to mile area. Right. So basically, the pedicab is a 1.0 of getting people moving differently Mm -hmm. Uh, because when you kind of go down the rabbit hole as Stephen was mentioning of what is this data telling us in terms of looking at taxi and limousine commission data and saying okay there are 100 million trips in Manhattan Um, 70 percent of them are under two miles 30 percent of them are under one mile and how fast are they going oh well they're going sometimes eight miles per hour eight miles per hour on average seven miles per hour on average and the shorter the distance the shorter the distance (laughs) the slower they are Mm -hmm. um Uh and there has to be a better way to be conducting uh these trips specifically the the short distance trips um and we also were curious by the fact that uh, three quarters of the trips in taxis have just one person sitting in them so they're single occupancy taxi trips yeah um, that are much better off in either a bicycle or something smaller um that could be more nimble in the city but also something that could potentially connect you to more efficient subway or more efficient bus areas now are you partnering with companies to provide transportation for their employees that is uh, something we have considered, uh, and there's obviously, you know, there's value there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it right now, it's also like Jeff was saying, is, you know, finding that point 1.0 version of what last mile transportation can look for in a mobility as a service right. kind of way, not in a self-service, mm-hmm. which uh, which we know that it's, you know, people walking, biking, uh, you know, under on their little skateboards, the electronic ones that are going right. flying by, almost hitting you. I mean, they're fun, but or just one wheel. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, or the one wheels. Those guys, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Every time I'm like, okay, the little kid out, like you know, comes yeah. out of me and he's like, hey, 
I want ones. one, yeah. yeah. Those things are expensive. Yeah, <laughs> I, looked, sure. I looked into it. It was a bit of a barrier for me. Plus, I didn't want to crack my skull too <laughs> too early in life. Too early. Um, but I, can I just... Yeah, please. I wanted to go back to one of your earlier questions, which is how we're engaging with brands. Yep. Uh, and in terms of the way we see our service evolving is really uh, partnering with brands to provide a neighborhood-level transportation service. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, City Bike is focused on, you know, Manhattan, Manhattan and some of the outer boroughs. Um, and, and we want to take it down to a neighborhood level and partner with brands who align with the, the grit and the uh, kind of the nature of each neighborhood. Um, and so are you talking on, about, okay, well, we'll do Hell's Kitchen with Kenneth Cole or something like that because they're native there, their HQ's there, maybe Google with Chelsea, something like that. Is that how you're looking at it? There's different ways of skinning the cat, but essentially like where we are today, mm -hmm. Um, where we are today would be like taking over on, you know, taking over certain neighborhoods for certain events or certain like right. reasons or weekends mm. uh, or in weekdays. Right. So it's um, and an activation. Base. It's an activation base because right. that's what we found for, um, you know, in terms of hosts, it was a good interaction directly with the, with with the public. But mm -hmm. when we started partnering with brands, we realized that it had a sometimes out of digital experience into the public space that really captured, you know, a bigger presence of like what that brand meant to them. And, um, and having it hyper local in a community, um, created a little bit more of a care and attention to people around it. I, I just have a quick follow up on that. How Instagrammable are these moments? Have you identified them to be? Because it's that's the, probably it's important. the gut reaction. It it's is. Right? Reaction, that's what I would assume. And it's, you know, we, we so love if these it. are wrapped beautifully, then Mm -hmm. The brand the, is all up in there. The brand, de definitely the yeah. brand extends from the street into the digital sphere. Yeah. Um, and, and we love Instagram and it's been something where it's so natural for people to want to share. They yeah. want to share this experience because it's so unique and personal. Mm -hmm. Okay, coming up a deeper dive with Jeff and Steven. Uh, but first, like many guests, they've been kind enough to bring a snack for you us to share. Time? All right, all right. Yeah, so what did uh, you guys bring? What you bring? Uh, what did you bring, Jeff? Okay, so shout out to Orwasher's Bakery on the Upper East Side. Okay. Uh, 78th between 1st and 2nd Avenue. They have the most delicious daily hand-stuffed donuts. Hand-stuffed. Hand-stuffed. So they have this gun <laughs> that shoots the jelly into right. the donut every day, every morning, uh, on the spot. It's like a Glock. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like a Glock. It's a, it's a Glock of jelly that shoots into the, the donuts, and it's impeccable. What's your Crazy. favorite? Is it the jelly? Red. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to try it. Red. Oh, they're all jelly. <laughs> they're, Jeff, did you pay for these? Yeah. Yeah. You oh, did? I, I did? He put, I did he put it on the company. Don't worry about it, Steven. Yeah, <laughs> <enjoy> <laughs> That's right. All yeah. right. So we're going to get involved in that. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's unpack that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> rock. Uh, up next, you'll hear Jeff and Steve share more on the sponsorship side. Uh, their growth strategy and kind of the, their approach towards the future of mobility. Be right back. Check out Sennheiser's latest Bluetooth in-ear headphones, the HD1 Free. Premium materials and flawless craftsmanship combined with stunning Sennheiser sound all in one small and wireless package. And we're not kidding. This makes a great gift. Learn more at Sennheiser.com. 
And our listeners can get a 25% discount with the code MouthMediaSen at checkout. That's MouthMediaSenN. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TravelBizShow. That's TravelBiz Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at TravelIsYourBusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to MouthMediaNetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at TravelBizShow at MouthMediaNetwork.com. Pavin's enjoying this donut. These donuts are really, really good. I'm, I'm definitely going to glad to hear it. Make Enjoy. a journey <laughs> from the Upper East but, Side. Uh, yeah, East what was side? the place called again? Yeah. Or Washers. Or Washers. Or washers. Mm. Sounds legit. It's been around hundred yeah. years. It sounds like it's been quality, around for hundred years. I don't think remains. anyone would name their place Or Washers today for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my guess. I mean, old is new now, so I don't yeah. know. But yeah. Ooh, speaking about branding, I'd love to deep dive a little bit more on what you guys are doing with brands. Um, mm. In particular, how does it work operationally for you guys getting the pedicabs, working with the brands? What comes first? You know, how do you develop that, that cycle? Yeah, yeah. So mm. going back to the perception of pedicabs in New York, there's a negative perception amongst New Yorkers to no perception. Either people mm-hmm. have not tried them, not experienced them, not seen them, or they've seen them and think they're too expensive or uh, not something that they're really going to go out of their way and spend money to do. Um, and so... Because of that brand image, really what Host is doing is attempting to rebrand the industry. Hmm. It's putting it's putting an institution and a brand and a trust behind uh, this industry. Putting pedicabs uh, back on the map. That's the plan. <laughs> that's the plan is to to make pedicabs something that is reliable, something that is trustworthy, and something that you know going back to what you were saying before is just the experience of it. Yeah. Um, so, so number one was really starting to rebrand. And so we introduced our brand host, which is short for hop on short trips. Um, mm. and, and really kind of getting people focusing on the neighborhood scale. Um, and Stephen, do you want to talk about, uh, the Bumble partnership that we did? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, being New York, we understand the importance brands, you know, have with being here in the public space and, and, and having different ways and dynamic ways to interact with, uh, with, you know, people on the street. And, and, and we were based on our demographic as well. We were looking for a, you know, to, to start things off, we were looking for a, a brand that was forward thinking, uh, trying also new things within their own platform. Um, and, um, as well as very like generationally focused and starting to you know it's, it's a brand that they were able to get in and expand uh from whatever the target market was and um speaking to them it made sense that they wanted to have an activation and it was uh it was pretty phenomenal because we were able to really close the gap between what is digital and what is physical so them leveraging their technology to actually push send a push notification to everyone who signed up on their app um mm. you know people that have Bumble were able to recognize like, oh, what is this? What's going on? And then literally girls were leaving cabs 
to get on these things because they're like, I saw this, oh my God. Swipe the credit card, get out, get into the To take them on a date or, I mean, just overall, just Overall user experience. I mean, they announced like their three features uh, which is dating, friends, and business. Mm. So it's like, no, you know, we're here to connect people. And we're here to bring an experience to people. So that combination was really good. And we saw the importance of millennials, mostly. And I think, like, the generations surrounding them um, wanting to have experiences and actually trusting brands. Uh, the reactions of people, even if they didn't get the push notification, whenever they saw the branded pedicab, mm. it really stood out, and they immediately got it. So, would would uh, like an experiential experiential marketing agency be like a a key partner for you guys, or a source of of you know brand connection, or how does that work? Do you go direct to brands and have to kind of figure out what they're you know looking for in particular, or you know what's the best access point for something like this? Well, at the moment. We're pretty much our own creative yeah. agency, but um, mm-hmm. we're pretty creative, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, but but no, I mean, we believe in partnerships. You know, that's that's in essence what host is yeah. to many in many levels. Well, well, let's take a step back just to identify what stage you guys are in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, when did the business start? We How launched l- the business in April, in April of this year, 2017. Yeah. Okay, how many how many um, pedicabs are operated under the host brand right now? Currently, we have six pedicabs that are operating under our brand. Okay, interesting. So now you're basically in this test phase where you're trying to figure out what's resonating, what's not resonating on all fronts. So on the brand side, I'm assuming, can we talk about pricing strategy? Are you have you even gotten to a pricing strategy yet? Ish, ish. <laughs> so how, how are you thinking about all this? Yeah, yeah. So. It's, 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 it's interesting because um, since we're at the moment focusing on community and if you're going to do something with brands and it's brand activation, then, you, mm-hmm. you know, we definitely want to be part of their creative thought process. Yeah. Uh, and so we can't really say that every case is the same. So we're trying to figure out how we, we standardize. Yeah, or... yeah you want to over deliver, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, we can do this. We could do that if they have an idea. Yep, sure. Let's execute on it. In, test in within way. the six yeah. but once you scale then you have something to model off of right because yeah. right now it's six so maybe your pricing is representative of that or you get the brand alignment over deliver and then say let's do 40 of these let's do right. 50 of these you know exactly and so we just completed a market test where we were mm-hmm. asking people how is your experience mm-hmm. how much would you be willing to pay for this service uh and so we have that data um yeah. handy and and that was definitely useful, which kind of exceeded our expectations of the way people think about the service and the level of joy that they get from it um, was just really awesome. Have you been driving specific calls to action? Have you been trying that stuff out? Like, I don't know what it would be even, but whether it's uh, for a brand, if their interest was in uh, new app signups, right? Like Bumble. Sure. Have you have you tried to figure out what the KPIs are that work? Or that they're interested in. So t- yeah. take Bumble for an example. Uh, the call to action was download Bumble for a free ride. Okay. Um, yeah. So absolutely, there there was you know some level of, of uh, conversion, some hurdle mm-hmm. to to cross to get in, um, and people either had the phone on their app and said, "I just got the push notification, got out of the subway, saw this, this is amazing," or they said, um, "Okay, perfect, let me download the app." Nice. So that was really positive, and they'd hop on and download the app and. We get them to their destination. Um, 
you know, I think really where we're trying to take this with brands is aligning with brands that are looking to become part of the fabric of New York. Uh, they want to become part of people's weekends or part of their daily life, not necessarily in a way that's in your face, but more something that's providing a service. Um, and so in terms of activations, I think where we'd like to take this as we scale is taking it from an activation to a service that's offered that is sponsored that has some brand mm -hmm. association but one that's permanent you know when you go to the east village that you can hop on a host sponsored by or yeah. you know when you're in the west village that you can get to the east village because there's host sponsored by mm -hmm. and this brand association where you know all of a sudden you've offered some thing to someone who they they didn't necessarily know that they wanted the service and now they're experiencing it for the first time and the second time and the third time and it becomes part of their life yeah. and and that connection is something that is really powerful especially when you're talking to new york city interesting and so where do you see that this is an extremely local approach right and um in terms of growth you could do these activations to kind of test different markets where do you see those market opportunities what's where's a, a big pedicab community or where could a big pedicab community grow well in um what's interesting just combining a question you had earlier what you have right what you're asking me right now is um the testing phase the great thing is a lot of our theory was proven right on just the weekend which we know that it's a slow activation for something bigger and um and in that sense there's the the markets to expand are like you know it's on your earlier it's like very dense areas um that require people to move short distances so obviously downtown austin is like very familiar with these things downtown chicago would yeah, it's also something that would be very favorable um we know that it you know in certain markets like european markets you have london who's already closing down certain areas to so only be zero emission uh type of vehicles um so that's a little bit of the approach however cities are growing and new york is already big mm -hmm. so in that sense we like we have the opportunity here to continuously prove the model again and again and again well, new york just is new also york. growing like the hudson yards project that has to be a home run for you both like i mean i was reading a an article last weekend in the most recent um feature of paper magazine and they did a big expose on the developers, the architects behind the project, and just seeing how they're thinking about using smart city technology and sensors and data to to build what's kind of a model for the future cities to come. Hopefully, if it's a if it's a grand slam like yep. they're they're intending it to be, is there a way that you're looking at these developments, or are you looking to connect with developers on the early side, so so you're right in there with their residents or their you know their tenants and things like that to offer? this absolutely yeah. yeah transit and development go hand in hand right um you know you're not going to build um well they only have the seven train right and the seven so... and, and you still need to connect to the seven correct right and that's where we see ourselves being very handy um is is that last mile uh, yep. again focused on neighborhood scale yeah absolutely i mean i could see this having a, a lot of success in the outer boroughs as well i mean yeah. you're Industry just seeing city. yeah you could almost just follow where city bike's been developing and what data they've been kind of aggregating yeah. on that side because <laughs> it seems to be pretty aligned yeah. um absolutely. you know i i live about um a 12 minute walk from the closest subway and um you know 
there's no city bike uh, right next to the subway. Right. So I end up city biking an extra subway stop over just to get to that one and dropping yeah. it off. And then, as you said, there is um, uncertainty whether I could actually dock the bike, right? Right. Where yeah. I needed to be in, things like that. That's exactly right. I think, um, yeah, in the outer boroughs, you know, obviously Manhattan because it's like the density here. And uh, the opportunity to also connect people cross town because the distances cross towns are not that mm. big. Um, definitely serves a purpose for us to like really, it's an opportunity for New York as well to model something that other cities can adopt as they continue to urbanize. Mm. Um, but, you know, in terms of what you're talking about, like the, the model of already connecting to the subway, the, the problem is like not everyone is really eligible to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, no, lot of, a lot of the people that really came on at the very beginning where girls were in heels. Yeah. Uh, and that's a night out, but that also happens every day during working hours. Sure. Uh, so there's, there's a, there's a service to be provided that needs to go hand yeah. in hand. Also, I'm not going to want to sweat on a bike. You know, sometimes yeah. when I take meetings and I city bike, I'm, I'm soaked in the summer. Yeah. So that's not an experience that I want. Um, when, uh, how, how, how are you finding drivers? How are you scaling that side of the whole thing? So we've really tapped into the acting community. Uh, is one avenue for growth. Um, oh, smart. Yeah, so we want hosts to be um, engaging and yeah. personable and folks that um, are looking to meet and engage yeah. with people. So that's number one. Um, students uh, are another avenue for growth in terms of community uh, building as well. Mm-hmm. Um, who else am I missing? And th- this is when you're talking about finding drivers itself for these bikes, for the pedicabs? Yeah. Okay. Great. Personal fitness trainers, um, you know, people who... That's probably are, a good look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this stuff isn't easy. Yeah. You no, know, it's, it's actually... Tolling. The, the, the gears, it, it's tolling. The gears are there to really make the, the, the ride pleasant for, for a driver and passenger. Okay. So you're driving them yourselves right now too, right? Like to test these out, I assume, to get close to the oh, yeah. experience. We have. In some occasions, we have. Yeah, we have. So, so Stephen and I spent this summer... Um, you know, kind of scouting locations for potential pilots. And uh, we'd go out in the morning and, you know, I'd drive the pedicab and Stephen would hop on the back and we'd go sit outside Penn Station and people would just walk by us. This is 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. every commuting morning. You know, let's just get people on. And you're invisible. You're absolutely invisible to people during their commute. And that's kind of part of the evolution Stephen was mentioning before about kind of landing on the weekend service when it's the right time people are looking to experience something new or they don't necessarily even know where they're going. Um, this could have a huge impact on the um, working community, especially in Brooklyn. I was just at this event yesterday uh, for the uh, the BQX, which is like a line going from Brooklyn to Queens. Mm-hmm. And there's all this fundraising and, and it's, a, it's pretty capital intensive in terms mm-hmm. of adding a new above ground line, right? Um, but what you're talking about is just connecting even across from like, let's say, inner bed so you don't have to take a bus necessarily down over to these other oh, subway that's lines. Interesting. It's huge for for low income um, families yeah. in these yeah. areas yeah. that, you know, well, we spoke with Chariot, right? Yeah. And they basically have so Chariot will have, you know, you could vote on a route and they could pick you up and Absolutely. drop you off. What, what if you did kind of use this method where, um, you know, from say the seven train a hundred yards when it's really populated over there to get down to the meatpacking district, you know, the route is super indirect, right? But what if there was just nonstop, um, you know, hosts going back and forth and those are branded right to, to whatever, uh, 
company aligns best. Yeah, we think Chariot Service is is um, unique to you know it's it's a great service for New York, and there's mm-hmm. definitely avenues where you know you can start connecting, let's say, chariots on the avenues and hosts on the streets, connecting cross town, mm-hmm. where it's a little bit easier for us to be moving um, those areas where they're getting stuck in traffic. Yeah, well, one of the problems that I see when I look at Chariot is that it's actually like a a good mile away from the shuttle for their their market penetration in Brooklyn mm-hmm. is about a mile away from me. So what if I had uh, you guys to bring me that mile so I'm not like, you know, hoofing it, trying to get to a chariot and then next thing you know, like a pretty yeah, expensive commute. Where do you think the future of mobility in this city specifically will be? Like, how are we going to be traveling in 10 years, Um, years? You know, rocket backpacks a hundred percent yeah you know there's yeah. gonna be tell you know the, listen every every everything that the jetsons have documented <laughs> in their cartoon growing up yeah. has been coming true one by one yeah so so if 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 rocket ship backpacks are the next thing then <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna doubt man. it yeah you know there's gonna be a phone booth and like where you just like teletransport from here to you know wall yes. street and you're just like okay absolutely no awesome. um the city as it continues to 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 urbanize and, and you know gentrifies itself like um we believe and we understand a lot of what you know the the new methods of transportation are doing um they're really helping expedite a lot of the technology is going to be in the streets later on whether it's you know autonomous vehicles or fully electric or or you know ownership of cars and all these things um the problem today is that we have to wait for a lot of these things to happen uh, because of traffic. And mm-hmm. a lot of where we stand, I think, is we're going to continue to focus on what is data driven to what is essentially what we understand how people really move. And in New York, you know, given the, 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 the direct lines that we were talking about earlier, then, you know, people, people want to understand where they're going, how they're using things. The beginning you introduce something and then they know that this is your route they stop thinking about it they just know that there's an option mm-hmm. um so the future of mobility we see it as how far away are you going mm-hmm. like if you're going if you're going way too far then you're looking at you know small electric uh type of autonomous devices that are really moving you around uh they're probably you know either being hailed through your mobile or they are your car or right? yeah and you know yeah. different ownership models um we you know i think ground transportation is still it's flexible enough you don't have to really you know construct rail yeah mm-hmm. so um i think that right now everything that's happening is just really creating the infrastructure for that to happen in the future yeah interesting so i'm gonna jump in as well yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's let's kind of take a, a look at new york city street and i want you to get rid of street parking I want, to, mm-hmm. I want you to open up that space, okay? So now what do we do with the street that is a blank canvas, right? Because I think what we get focused on is what is, what is the street today versus what it can be and, and how we should be adapting our streets to really build for the future of mobility. That, so that's number one on the streets. So how will we be moving? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. believe it or not, um, autonomous cars will, will make their way into New York City. Uh, I believe already in 2018, GM will be testing um, autonomous yep. vehicles downtown. Um, but in order for that technology to take off, you really need to start planning streets in a different way. So take away street parking. Bikes will be a huge part of the way that we get around. I um, hope so. 
So whereas today there are 10 to 12,000 city bikes, I want you to picture 100,000 bikes moving through the New York City. So um, bikes as a personal mobility device. Um, and there will be other personal mobility devices, whether it's an electric scooter, whether that's um, you know an electric pad that you sit, stand on and then you throw in your backpack when you get mm -hmm. to the office. Um, these are the types of things that will take hold. So personal mobility um, in bike lanes, which let's not call them bike lanes anymore. Let's call them slow lanes. Mm -hmm. Let's call them anytime you're moving under, let's say, 10 miles an hour, 12 miles an hour, you can access this lane. Okay. Um, and, and what will happen over time is we'll take more and more space back from cars that are being used for personal use. So in other words, um, I own a car and I park it on the street and companies like Uber and Lyft and Bia and the other 10, um, <laughs> in New York city, will will slowly start to ca capture some of that market where it's on demand, um, and, and moving from A to B, um, and what we want to do is fit into that, um, that A to B, but we want to get you from, um, let's say instead of one to two, we want to get you from one to 1.5. We want to get you to the subway. And, and I guess that's the last part of, um, how will we be getting around in order for our city to achieve what it wants to achieve? We have to bet and invest in public transportation. And that is the subway. Mm-hmm. What's next? Do you guys have an app? Because uh, that's where it's going, right? Like, I, it's it's one thing to be able to sell a mobility service, but without that convenience of it's going to be where I want it to be, <laughs> like, and I want to see it. Like, yeah. that expectation has already been driven. It, so what, what's going on there? Totally right. It's an expectation. Yeah. Um, you know, we would be on the streets in the East Village, and people ask us, so how do I download the app? And so, that, oh, the, oh, it's, that it's pull, assumed already. That yeah, pull, it's, that pull, well, that's great. That, that means your design is, is pretty solid. Yeah, people because they just assume that you're you're forward, you're current. It, yeah. it was recognized as something that was with within transportation. You know, yeah, something that I would hail. Right, so that's an expectation, and we will be meeting that. Yeah. Okay, and what, did you already know you were going to develop an app, assuming that the market testing went favorably? It was always in our it was always in our path. We yeah. just really wanted to hit a couple of. Yeah, it's, it's a KPIs huge idea that we had. If you want to look at it that way, but okay. uh, yeah. uh, yes, if just you know going back into the whole app conversation that Jeff is having right now, I was like, you know, we're in a very interesting era in transportation where essentially all these, you know, different ride hailing or ride sharing companies have become certain like an, you know what initially in smartphones used to be network providers, and now you have all the car companies really trying to manufacture the right cell phone for it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So where is everyone still focused right now is in large distances yeah versus we're saying like okay well why don't we start today with short distances oh my god why don't you have a shuttle between like two offices like so google has two different locations about five blocks away from each other six blocks away from each other would they want to contract i would assume they would want to contract all these pedicabs to go back and forth branded in google because i know that the the lunch the lunch is better. I think I'm forgetting on the 9th Avenue uh, cafeteria versus the 10th. Yes. So I'm wondering, like, people do go back and forth midday all the time um, for meetings or whether it's for the lunch, or the lunch. <laughs> or for the lunch environment. Um, and th that can't be the only uh, company with a similar dynamic, right? No, no, it's definitely something testable in New York. There's yeah. a lot of companies. You just want to make something that's cost effective and also open to the public, right? Yeah. 
you know, yeah. uh, this is to solve real problems. That, that's the way we see it. It's like, sure. you know, it's, it's last mile, it's zero emissions mm -hmm. today. And what regulation, what regulation are you guys facing specific to New York? All right, so <laughs> there, there it is. There oh, it is. my bad. <laughs> way to go, way to go. So Hope's the, got through there. Almost. <laughs> so the pedicabs in New York are, the way they've been regulated is super interesting. And, um, you know, they were, the regulation for pedicabs really started in, in 2009. Um, and the industry had just become so wildly successful and was everywhere. And the city decided that it wanted to put some um, some formalization around it, which was welcomed by the industry um, and in certain ways. And um, and so now kind of fast forward eight years later and the product of those regulations, what we're facing is, um, you know, bearing out in the streets. In other words, um, there's a lack of trust in in the service. Right. So it's too expensive. There's ripoffs. Um, so. From a regulatory perspective, here's kind of what you have. <laughs> um, you have pedicabs are the reason they're per minute is because the regulations provide that you have to charge per minute. Um, mm -hmm. They don't necessarily tell you what to charge per minute. Okay, so there's a lot of flexibility in terms of your rate structure. So zero dollars um, per minute is a rate that you can charge. <laughs> you could charge that, or you can charge a million dollars per minute as long as it's <laughs> provided and assigned on the side of the pedicab so in letters that are two inches high. Um, right. So it, it's cool. They also have a, a surge pricing. You know, if it's raining a little bit, they can go down, you know, take away the oh, sharp right. beat. It's, it's, like, it's a chalkboard system. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. excellent. And, um, and so, you know, you might get in a pedicab and it says $5 per minute. And then, you know, you're with your wife and it's all of a sudden it's $5 per minute per person, which is not what's supposed to happen, but mm. it does happen. Okay. So that's, that's on the, the rate, rate side. Um, and then just in terms of um, the way the industry is set up, it's it's medallionized, uh, just like mm -hmm. the taxi industry is. And there are <coughs> 850 permits that the city provides. So the taxi industry is 13,400. Um, the pedicab industry is 850. Mm. Um, however, not all of those licenses are claimed. The industry is suffering in a certain way. Um, so you have about 600 pedicab licenses that are actually out there. And of those 600 pedicab licenses that are claimed, um, there are about 300 that are actually active. So in wow. other words, 300 hit the streets and then 300 may be in a garage somewhere in Long Island City just collecting dust in hopes that something changes for this industry. God. And so, you know, when we really look at what we're doing, it's in a certain way, it's taking something that exists and um, reapplying it to both today's urban environment, but also make sure it fits within the context of the future of mobility. Um, and so that's really the way we've designed the brand um, is to, to kind of capture that and to make sure that this is something that can help the industry grow and make something that the city is kind of already invested in regulating and, you know, um, something that is a model, as Stephen mentioned, for other cities. Um, you know, if you look at just the percentage of pedicabs versus taxis so mm -hmm. pedicabs being zero emission and taxis being gas consuming yeah. um, emitting vehicles right so um 850 to thirteen thousand five hundred. um and so if you look at that and you say well why do we need to go to chicago or san francisco or los angeles because there's a huge untapped market here for growth yeah. where 70 percent of the trips are under two miles and 
30% under one mile. And that's only growing because you're introducing mm -hmm. new ways for people to move. And it's a and clean way of, of moving. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's something that I think we, we didn't really touch on too much, but there's, there's a certain quality of life, um, issue that congestion in our cities causes. And, um, you know, when you look at a taxi that travels 70,000 miles every year and it's only occupied 35,000 of those miles, um, you know, we have a problem on our hands and, um, we wanted to do something today to kind of address that. I think it was just like, yeah, you know, just touching on the last point is like, you know, breaking the paradigm of, okay, you know, we need to be electric. Um, you know, as, as a city, you know, we need to have electric cars in the future. It's like, okay, well, that's going to take a while. Why mm -hmm. do we need to wait when everyone around us is telling us that we need to start making, you know, direct impact, action yeah. impact on what we're doing with our planet, right? Or with the cities, essentially. Um, and, you know, sometimes just breaking that paradigm and saying like, okay, we already have the solutions in place. The more we use these things and make people realize they're a good means to an end, that they will facilitate things in their lives then maybe we can start adopting things into it, right? But um, at the end of the day, like, there's no reason not to have zero emission transportation today in a place where people are moving less than a mile. Well, on that thought, let's go up next with the ride with uh, Jeff and Steven takes a turn towards more personal questions with Off the Beaten Path. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. I had a successful career, an Ivy League education, and led a very rational life. Several years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, developed psychic gifts, and decided to dedicate my life to pursue my purpose and empower others. I'm hungry to learn even more about the incredible potential of the human mind and spirit. On this podcast, I talk to entrepreneurs, executives, scientists, and leaders to hear their stories of transformation, the science behind them, and what it means for you to unlock your potential in your life and career. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. All right, Jeff and Steven, let's get into some personal questions. <laughs> uh, what is the craziest time that you got stranded without a ride? Oh, nicely done. How relevant. Mm -hmm. hmm. craziest time that i get stranded without a ride i think i'm gonna <laughs> echo a lot of new yorkers here in the sense that it was probably like around two in the morning started to rain it's like 30 degrees outside and um i told you know i was you know you're, you're leading people and you're like no follow me no let's not go there and they're like okay we're dying <laughs> we're actually gonna freeze to death here in the middle of this city <laughs> that's it Mine was in Miami. It's where I went to University of Miami. And there was one night we were out till, I don't know, 2 or 3 a.m. And um, this was in a more undeveloped part of the city. So it's, you know, we can't get a taxi. This is really before you're using your phone, like an Uber system. You call, you know, in Miami, it's, is it the fives or the seven? The five, five, three, oh, five, 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 five
you know, sorry, your wait is another, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And it's like, I just want to go home. Um, and I was with a friend and we see this UPS truck come by and, and, and he's running and hailing. I'm like, no, that is not our option right now. That cannot be our option to get into a UPS truck. Plenty of space in the back, boys. UPS truck at 2 a.m. And like, you know, you see the tumbleweed, you know, and the, the stop sign starts shaking and you're like, oh, oh God, no. I think we need to make a decision here. I think I know where you were. <laughs> Did you actually Andy? jump on me? <laughs> does your wife know that you were there? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> did you actually get on the UPS truck? We did not. Oh, we did not no. get in. That would have been a great merging of, you know, moving goods and moving people. That's just right. right there. It's That's like right. Air mail, you know. <laughs> have you guys ever been stranded together? Hmm. Not really. It's really you hard to get started always... these days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially, right? especially, yeah. especially like if you have a phone. There's an app for that. Yeah. And yeah, it would be pretty yeah. pathetic if it's like, you know, oh, yeah, we're trying to focus on transportation. Then it's like, oh, what do we do now? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you don't know your options. <laughs> Steve, did you guys see the LaGuardia uh, airport and how they're doing ride hailing uh, I heard now? About it. Right, I heard you about mean it yesterday. it's like off site? It's off site. I took a shuttle over to yeah, it bro, and my phone had 1% battery left. I'm supposed to be my Uber. And, and there's he, 1,000 Ubers waiting there. Oh, yeah. It's like around the block. And I was like, I'm going to get stranded <laughs> at the shuttle stop yeah. because there's no way to find him. It was really funny. But he, uh, thankfully, yeah. he thankfully you had a map in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, happened to me, that happened to me the first day they tried that. Like, I you know, had no idea that had happened. Yeah. And uh, I get off LaGuardia and I'm like directed to the shuttle. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. It's like, what is going on? And then they're cracking down on these guys. What's happening? Then I get there and it took me like 45 minutes yeah. to just leave. It's a war zone. But it was also like the first day. So was, everyone's like, we don't know what we're doing. So just please wait in that number, please. <laughs> All right. uh, so I'm going to go to transportation because stay on the theme. Why not? Sure. Uh, how has transportation played a role in your upbringing? And we could start with you, Jeff. Awesome. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Since you were staring into the nothingness. Yeah. So, really. no, I'm just trying to think of. I mean, the thing about transportation is it's so deeply personal. Yep. You know, it's mm. it's something that we face every day, and it's like the weather. Um, it's something that everyone can talk about. In New York, the common denominator. I think um, LeBron James was in town yesterday, took the subway because he was faced with the decision of a five-minute subway or a 45-minute car. So there's really... He was on the subway yesterday. He took the subway. Yep. So, you know, I was joking, like, you know, even Kings face traffic, right? Um, but essentially, um, <laughs> that's pretty good. Did you, did you post your Instagram? Yeah. Or Twitter or something. Okay. Getting um, really good at that. So I grew up in a small town just outside of New York. Um, that, which is called. So I grew up in what a small county? town called Westfield, New mm. Jersey. Uh, it's about 25 miles West of New York city. Um, and, my entire life, we would come in for whether it's you know Broadway shows or um, for you know to go out for dinner with my family, that kind of thing. Um, in order to take the train, you have to take the train from our small town. There's you know a nice little train station, historic train station, to Newark, get off at Newark, and then switch trains to New York. Um, so what is a 25 mile trip, um, but one that really you know direct train would be like a 40 minute trip ends up being 55 minutes or 52 mm -hmm. minutes on a, on a daily basis. Um, but nonetheless, my experience with transportation was having access to New York city um, and how the train completely brought me from this small town where, you know, small town, New Jersey um, suburbs, 
not a whole lot of culture going on there, you know, played in the band scene and stuff like that. But I loved coming into the city when I was 12, 13, 14, me and my buddies yeah. would, uh, mom, I'm going to Brian's house. Yeah. Hop on a Brian, train, figure it Brian out. Brian says he's going to Jeff's house. And then you're in this completely new world. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that was really my first connection with not only with transportation, with the urban environment too, is like, there's something special here. There's an energy and, and I've always been fascinated by urban, urban environments. Something and, very empowering about the train, <laughs> like, like le letting you actually access the city in that capacity. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, for me, it's, uh, it's a couple of drastic changes. Uh, I was, um, I was born and raised in Guatemala and, uh, Guatemala city is by far, uh, the biggest urban, um, city in the country um and our main public transportation was obviously buses and i luckily mostly was in cars so mm -hmm. i had you know at a very young age i think like 17 i had my own car it was very normal for that people didn't really recommend to walk i was a walker i didn't care and then i moved to the states when i moved to the states i moved to dallas first which is how a very, old were you when you moved to the states 18 18 so i moved to the states and dallas is a very it's a very American city that, you know, has its big highways, cars, you know, public transportation exists. Yeah. They had the dark there. Like it, I saw an improvement from where I came from, but it was still car centric. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Miami and I was living in Miami and I lived in Miami pre Uber, Uber day. So it was still like, you know, to move from one area to the other, it was like taxi because not even the train gets expensive there. Taxis. Expensive, expensive taxi, very taxi, expensive. very expensive taxi, always sharing. Yeah. Um, and then by the time I got to New York, it was like, wait, I don't own a car. I'm not paying. I don't have to pay a lease. Well, everything I'm paying for everything else that, pretty yeah. much. But <laughs> uh, but it was just a sense of freedom because there's public transportation. There's easy way to move around. The grid makes it easy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's city bike, there's taxis, there's Uber, there's Lyft. But public transportation in general for me was like, you just made a huge city small for me. Yeah. which is something I've never been able to feel unless I'm in a car, judging what times I should leave based on traffic. Um, and the way I describe it to a lot of my friends from back home is, you know, it's once you live in New York, if you come from an area where you didn't have access to this, you know, type of public transportation, it's like living in a big college campus where you basically tell the other person, hey, I'll meet you there. Mm -hmm. And that person can get there and you can get there. Yeah. Uh, and you know how to get there. Uh, versus like, okay, but should I pick you up? Even though like you're completely in yeah, the other side of town. And, of mm. and um, it just felt like, you know, it just, it reminds me of college in the sense that like, it was just, everything is accessible. That's cool. You know, it's it's interesting. And, and Jeff, you probably have a similar um, memory is like, when we used to drive into the city with the families and mm -hmm. stuff, like the traffic sometimes going into one of the tunnels or bridges Absolutely. was just horrendous. And now- Where'd you grow up? When I'm uh, in Long Island and Queens. Okay. And now walking around specifically, we have a downtown studio on Hudson and Spring. And when when I come out to walk towards the E train on Spring Street, you have to cross over Varick that goes right into uh, the Holland Tunnel over mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Holy crap. 2 p.m. onwards on a Friday. I look at that parking lot of a major avenue and just say, oh, like, I just can't even imagine anymore just totally. dealing with that. And then, and then the next exercise that you do is you see all the cars and you count how many are just single occupancy right. vehicles oh, absolutely. and it's the majority the yeah. majority yeah. the majority so 
It's amazing. Yeah. And no matter how much they try to incentivize that, it just uh, it has not taken off the the pools, you know, um, ride shares and pools, That's despite cool. it being like 15 bucks just to get in and out of the city per day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Jeff, Steve, I'd love to hear your final thought. Maybe reflect on this interview, uh, the industry, or your experience starting up host. What really draws me to host in a certain way is the ability to, you know, not the ability, but mostly the effort of breaking a paradigm or shifting the way of thinking of people when they're asking for value that's in front of them, not realizing that. So it's just, you know, getting your head outside of the, you know, or stepping, stepping outside of the lines. Um, and New York City is a city that has people from all around the world. Once you get here, you're all struggling the same things. You're, you're going around everywhere. So it's comprised by people that think outside the box. It's just that we get used to following the same thing until you become part of the status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love the idea of challenging it. Uh, with something that I that once succeed can unlock a lot of value that you know at first picture is like hmm pedicabs <laughs> when you get caught up in the motion and the 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 day to day of New York City it's really easy to kind of just keep it's 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 like a ball in motion right um, this summer I had an experience getting on the ferry from. Pier 11 to Rockaway Beach. And that was something where you get on and you feel different. You don't feel like you're in New York City. You feel like this is amazing. And you rediscover mm-hmm. the city in a certain way. You're like, what? I, what is that? What is that? And you start paying attention in a different type of way and you're really connecting. Um, and we found that as well in terms of the pedicab. It's, it's a perception changer. Um, but it's something that reminds you that there is certain joy in taking a step back um and moving differently and um you know moving around the city does not have to suck you know to put it bluntly (laughs) (laughs) like there's a different way to move and we just have to make that choice um you know for example city bike is a great way to get around on a consistent basis in the city um to avoid traffic and stuff like that awesome and uh how is it that someone could get in touch with you guys you know how could you help uh, they get in contact with you to help them uh, move differently? Here, let me give you uh, Jeff's cell phone number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at hoponhost uh, and shoot us a note, uh, jeff at hoponhost.com. Or steven at hoponhost.com. Thank you both for being here. Thank you uh, for thank listening. You yeah, this was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot yeah. of fun. And then, uh, you know, for my co-host, Pop and Ball. Shake it easy, guys. And uh, for me, Bon Voyage. Thank you so much. Alrighty. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, thanks, guys. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.